I'm Russell Howard. Uh, on this week's show, I've got a brilliant actor and comedian. She's the star of the Channel 4 sitcom Game Face, which you can still watch on Channel 4 OD. It's brilliant. Give it a whirl. This is Roisin Connerty's Wonderbox. So here we are. We're doing the Wonder Box. I'm here with fantastic Roisin Connerty. I'm looking forward to this. Me too. It's lovely to see you. Because every time I spend time with you, it's like listening to 12 radio stations at the same time. <laughs> all of which, but do you know what I mean? That they're all pumping out information. But you've got like, have you ever seen um, 12 Monkeys with Brad Pitt? <laughs> But it's that. <laughs> but like, but in a, but it's like. What a charmer. No, no, no. But, but, like, tell. but like sort of 12 likeable Stephen Fry's inside Brad Pitt's head. I'll take it. But that, but like, that's genuinely my thing. It's just like information, information, the kindness, the, the thoughts, lovely. And then I come away exhausted. It's like being in New York for a week, spending an hour with you. Well, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. And I feel the same about you, Russell. But as you know, those monkeys get very noisy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when they meet you, they're happier. They're like, oh, someone's here to listen to us. But when it's just me, they're just like, we hate it here. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So so that whenever you whenever you see company, your monkeys are on display. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. And then when you're on your own, do they, do they even like bang, bang the tambourine? No, they hate each other. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> they're just like, you need to get rid of the other monkeys. <laughs> I'm number one monkey. Yeah. They're just like, not, it's a lot to be, I have to meditate quite a lot to calm them down. Is it all right if I take this off because I can't yeah, actually hear? Yeah, I'm deaf totally in one ear. Um, Are you deaf in one ear or is that a tail? <laughs> deaf in one ear, went deaf in one ear during lockdown. Fucking hell, how? Just woke up one morning and I thought, oh, I've slept with my headphones in. Oh no, I haven't. <laughs> I've wow. gone deaf in one ear. Sudden onset hearing loss. Oh my God. Yeah. It was during lockdown, so I couldn't, you know, couldn't get a GP. So I went private to try and, because, you know, I needed, you get, there's a way where they try steroids, but it's got to be done within two weeks. Right. And they just sort of dose you up with steroids, which made me feel very pumped. Yeah. Um, I could really get a taste for them. <laughs> Oh, really? I was really like, read it. I was like, this is a lot. I really did feel strong. Because <laughs> I, I remember having that with Tramadol. I had like had a thumb injury. And then I had to, I was on like Tramadol for like two weeks. And you instantly get it. Really? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. incredible. Like weirdly, because I was in hospital for two weeks with my thumb coming off of, you know, opioids. Oh, my you, God. You see why people are into it. Yeah. So I was in hospital for two weeks in Coventry. And like the nurses would come in and kind of look at me and <laughs> like I was signing autographs with my left hand. It was fucking bananas. It was a real moment of like, geez, I'm kind of famous. And as we're friends, we're getting bass. Yeah. After 13 days, I decided to masturbate with my left hand because <laughs> I was so bored and bunged up. And it was like, <laughs> it was proper like Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> trying, trying to open War and Peace. Do you know what I mean? It was fucking awful. But and my, my left hand was like, Traumatized by it. You guys never met. Probably never met your boy. No, no, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It's probably like this. Where are we yeah. going? I imagine we. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I imagine we just going to the thigh or something. Yeah. Well, oh. yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was like that. What the fuck? What, what, what's happening? But it was like, yeah. Have you ever had a suppository? Yeah. That's fucking great because, but in terms of sending your ass to sleep, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah. But you have to like, you know, you sort of, you pop, you pop it in like a little waxy bullet. Yeah. 
Oh. I haven't had one in a long time. Yeah, I had 12. Did to get back on them? I remember. <laughs> what, you had 12? Not at the same time, no. I was going to say. But I... Um, <laughs> what were you expecting? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What was coming for your arse? Yeah, exactly. Your left hand again. <laughs> But it was that. I like, I remember years ago, I sort of had like, the, and you know, I'd just taken one a day for like 12 days. And I had three left over because I was fine. And I gave one to John Richardson <laughs> in a sort of a sense of like, look, if you're ever having a bad moment, have one of these. That sounds like a threat and a promise. If a bloke gave me a suppository, yeah. an anal suppository, was like, just in case you ever need it, I'd be like, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I did, I said what's it, hopefully plan? I said it in a, that's just a fucking good point, isn't it? <laughs> Because I, you can never be totally sure. Happy birthday! Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, fuck. There you go. Because I meant it as in, hey, you never know what might happen. But of course, he might have received it as, you never know what. what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, shit. Sorry, John. If you if you're listening, mate, I, we stopped living together shortly after that. Like, I'm just really, I didn't mean. I often, yeah. Now I'm getting all... I went for a stage of, like, mushroom coffee, which is really, really good for you. And I was giving it to all the guys that used to work on the TV show, like a fucking billionaire CEO, <laughs> just kind of go, try these, they're great, you know, as was, as is my want. And I think nobody had them because it looked like I was running a fucking cult. That's so funny. And, um, yeah, they were all slightly freaked out by it. And did it work for you? Did you think it... Did it feel like it calmed you down? Oh, I'm mental, so yeah, like I'll try anything, but you know, I kind of, I, I think it did, yeah. I, but you know, I just like if I read something and it's meant to work, I'm kind of, I'm all into that. And then you know, my wife finds out what I've been doing, and she's like, <laughs> "You can't do that." My wife finds out. Well, she does. What have you got in your hand? What yeah, you no, you kind of is that. It's like, like, what have you got in your ass? Huh? <laughs> it's a wand, is it? <laughs> Now, I'm excited about this yeah. because, you know, the whole concept. You put I do, yeah, five, but listen to them. Five things you adore into a fictitious box. Uh-huh. And I think this could be deep and I think it'll be interesting. And I've had a sneak sort of glimpse of the first one and I'm intrigued. So what is it? The first one is, do you remember, and I think you should because you're not, not that much younger than me, Blossom, the TV show. I, I do remember Blossom with Joey Lawrence. He had ripped jeans. That's it. Yeah, and my sister was very smitten with Joey Lawrence. Oh, we all were. He mm. was. He was the original Joey. Um, yeah, he was. He was. He was the one. But the reason why I love it so much, I loved it at the time. Mm-hmm. I loved the show. She had a mate called Six. Mate called Six. It was brilliantly funny. Brilliantly, brilliantly funny. Um, Did it, Six have five other? Siblings. No. No, okay. <laughs> she just had a lot of hats. Okay, fine. Shocking hats. Her sister was in Stranger Things. Was she? Oh, very good. Oh, God, that's good. Um, what show? <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, the show's on at 6pm on a, on a Friday evening. I do remember that, yeah. You know, so it's sort of like, you was know, Channel tea 4? time, Channel 4. But it dealt with really big issues, but mainly it was funny. And seeing a girl lead a sitcom mm. and be really funny. And in the opening episode... She delivers a monologue to a video camera. Right. Like a like a almost like a you know, a late night monologue, like a version of that. And she oh, does right. that. And then, you know, years later, because I'm obsessed with the show, Googled it, and it was written by a guy who writes those monologues and they wrote in the show and they just gave it to an eleven year old girl, a twelve year old right. girl. And it was a powerful her brother was an alcoholic, her mum didn't love her, you know, it was like a lot in the first episode, you sort of like and it's one of those ones where over the years people ask me, What are your influences? And I'll explain why it's going to my wonder box. Um and you sort of pick up influences, go, oh, this one and that one and stuff like that. But I really 
was thinking about it and I was like, I love that show. And then I realized like it was so important to me seeing Mm. someone be funny, seeing a young girl be funny, Mm. that it was a a catalyst in a way that I didn't acknowledge at the time. And because it never really got written about or talked about in the same way as lots of other shows, the sort of literati that no one writes about Blossom in the way they write about lots of the other shows, like the Wonder Years and stuff like that, you know? But it is, for me, an extraordinary show. And I think it's a reminder of sort of like to remember my influences, you know, and how grateful I am for them, for seeing, even when you forget, like you go, the the moments where you go, I saw something that really influenced and changed my life, even though years later you forget, and then you end up saying, oh, Coogan and da-da-da, and you say anything, but you forget that the first time that, you know... It's the truth of the origin. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched Lee Evans just had it had a seismic effect on me yeah and then the the older you get you end up going oh you know like as much as and i do love i love bill hicks i love richard Pryor, but maybe sometimes you'll drop a lee evans because it might not get you as much yeah sort of acclaim but that's such a good point about blossom because i'm trying to think i guess french and saunders was massive when you were a kid huge but so that would be the funny female adults, Huge, yeah. which, which would act, and they were the biggest show. Yeah. I would say it was that yeah. and Harry and for when we were kids. It was you know as as amazing as all of those women were. I was a child, you know, and so you're watching adults, and so I didn't see myself. That's what I mean. And, yeah. so, in, so, you, so you're able to I go. I saw a thing, a, yeah. a person like that, because I I was funny, you know, and then I saw a child be funny and be rewarded for it, and. Yeah. It was like she wasn't the most beautiful girl, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, especially in the 90s going up, like a lot of the girls on sitcoms and stuff were like folded arms and they were the desired object of boys. Yeah. You know, that was a sort of how... Uh, Topanga. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of a lot of them, you know, and that was just how it, things were written and, and there was a great character, stuff like that, but she... And I think what you were saying about the Lee Evans thing, I don't think it's naturally that you just are dropping it. I think... There's a language around influences and we absorb that. Mm. And so you end up sort of speaking in the same way because you think, well, that's the sort of language around influences. Yeah. And Pat- Patricia Rule, how do I say her surname? Is it, I always say it wrong. Routledge. Routledge. Yeah. Her physical comedy for me was a huge influence. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, but like I wouldn't, but that's so, so precise to make me laugh every time you walk up the pathway. The same joke in Keeping Up Appearances yeah, yeah, and yeah. the dog barks every episode. Yeah. I, there's no series that would do that. Yeah. But to do like fate, whatever she does, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't write it. And anything you can't write fascinates me as well. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's just getting in tune with being grateful for the ones that you might miss. Yeah. It can be a performance, a stand-up performance sometimes. that You go, they may not be the biggest star, they may not be, but they... They influence you in some way. They yeah. they sort of move you in some way, and you go. And so I'd like to keep as much of as many of them in my wonder box. So Blossom was my one that I remembered, and I was like, oh, I'm grateful for that show. It really was an important show. So what what did it make you feel when you were watching it? Can you remember when you were so you were 11? That being funny had value as a, a, a as a young girl. That being the funny one could be rewarded. You could be you know, yeah. up front, not the friend, not the, you know, that you could hold core. So you know? d- did you feel that as, because it's interesting, is it? Because being a young boy, being funny is just massively desirable. Mm. So if you can have that on top of being good at football, your life is yeah. done. Like, do you know what I mean? As in <laughs> of it's, course, it, yeah. So it, did you feel that like when you were a kid, that sense of like, I'd better not be funny? I was very lucky because I went to an all-girls school. Oh. So... 
that's unlucky as well because it makes you obsessed with boys. Like we would run to windows. Like, <laughs> I mean, the word scurry doesn't cover yeah, it. Yeah. If there was a bloke with it, it was like tables would fly. Yeah. And I would always go, pass my lip gloss. <laughs> and even now, if there's someone, I'm like, oh, you're never attractive. My friend Lucy's like, lip gloss. Wow. Um, the best version of going to an all-girls school is your personality. It's the same. You want to be funny. You want to, you know, you're not trying to be maybe, you know, sort of quiet and demure. Yeah. That, yeah. That's got no currency in an all girls' school. Of course school. not. Yeah, yeah. My mum also has twelve sisters, so I grew up around women who humour was used to, you know, leverage and dominate. Mm. Like they, 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 it was a powerful thing, and the mm. funny one got won the room, and so you knew and to, uh, to earn your time to speak. But as I got a bit older in the world, <laughs> lots of people were like. She's mad. Right, <laughs> People yeah, yeah. always describe it, especially in my early teens. I'd be like full personality. And the boys <laughs> that I was in love with would be like, she's absolutely nuts. <laughs> and I was like, I had such confidence. This is one of my favourite things. I should probably put this as a Wonderbox thing. But I phoned a boy up once and I was, I'm going to say 11 years old, 12 years old. I mean, I don't know where this, I <laughs> phoned him up. And, uh, and I said, hi, and uh, I'm not going to say his name. And I was like, hi, I was wondering if you'd like to go out. Will you go out with me? Will you go out with me over the phone? And with my friend, Astra at the time. And she's just looking. She's like, yeah. And then he says, no. And I go, oh, I'm just not anticipating a no in any way. Yeah. And I went, he said no. Like that. And she goes, like that. And I go, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> just like, bye. But. It was, yeah, I why, think... Why, 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 why? We can't just leave it there. <laughs> so what happened then? Oh, and then I, was, I fancied him for a long time. But you didn't, you and Astra didn't go, like, what, what was the fallout from that? Was it like, oh, he's an idiot? The... Yeah, it was just like, I think, I think that's a no, I think that's over. And I was like, this is a nightmare. And we, <laughs> we just remember sit, sitting back on our bunk bed and I had blue ribbons. Just like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think I hadn't fully gone into that age of when you're hypercritical so I was maybe just 11 or 12 just yeah. before full puberty you know yeah. kind of because then when I hit 13 it became everyone was like you sure you know like everyone yeah, knew yeah. about me asking blah blah out over the phone and and are you sure yeah yeah it's so funny isn't it like you just sort of forget like those the oceans of hours in between that you're you know uh, such and such fancies you huh? yeah and then you you have to sort of deal with it and then I I, I loved all that all that the the sort of deep question time esque <laughs> conversations. I remember my friend; he was going to lose his virginity at a roller disco to a girl, and I could genuinely remember a whole hour being given over to me and my friends discussing how we should do it. Like yeah. as it, aged eleven, with no idea, and we sort of came to the idea that he had to do it in the bath. Oh my god! But like, but Johnny, but it was that like really earnest. I'm just gonna bleed everywhere. So, oh it's the, but like, but no, 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 no. I'm just trying to say, but the, but like, at, like the blind leading the blind. But that, but the the council and him kind of looking to ask for information, and we were going, you know, I think that's what you got. You know what I mean? Yeah. I sort of, I forget and miss the confident naivety of that of that yeah. era. You know, when you're a kid and you're before like, before you've been heartbroken, you've got nothing. Yeah. You're just going off of hearsay. And and just snippets of conversation. That's so funny. Were there other shows other than Blossom? Oh yeah, remember? I am um, Prisoner Cell Lock H. Fuck me gently. Okay, well let's unravel that. Um, so so you, you put Blossom on for an hour, half an hour. That was nice. 
and then let's, let's reach for a prisoner cell block. I eight, think which you, for anyone who trying to explain that, if we've got any younger listeners, it's a show. It's in Australia. It's a prison drama, a female prison. The sets wobble. And it's quite violent. And there's a lady called Lizzie and she talks like that. And there's a lady called B. And it's all they fight. And But it was on Thursday night at 11 o'clock. And so what I do is I always pretend I was hungry. At 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, my mum just didn't really she didn't really notice. It was the same day every week, Thursday. Because she was asleep, yeah. And my mum said, what, you're gonna, what you have to know about my mum is she's a feeder. Okay. <laughs> You've really got to play into that. Right. So I'd come in, I'd be like, oh, and she's like, get to bed. And I'd be like, but I'm hungry. She'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> so that was, okay, Oh, yeah, I was clever. like, but I'm so, I can't because of the hunger yeah. pains. <laughs> Hungry for mental drama. <laughs> and my mum would be like, having a cigarette, you know, in the house. And then I'd go in, pull my cereal, and then I'd sit down I and just love eat that. it so really you, slowly. So you were slowly eating Weetabix yeah, as you watched. Yeah, not Weetabix, always like something like proper like Rice Krispies. Nothing that had too much crunch. It had to be something that was really you could really sog up. Right. So Rice Krispies or cornflakes, because the noise would remind her that I was up. I'd just sit there and think, if I just sit here as quiet as I can. So you were sucking cornflakes <laughs> as you watched an Australian prison drama. Yeah. What's next? Okay. Next is <laughs> an inflatable in the shape of a donut that you get, that you have in the sea. Is this a hemorrhoid thing or no? You know when you go in the ocean in the ocean and then you get dragged out on a boat and then you sit on the you all sit on the donut. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a yarn. About ten, fifteen years ago, I went to Kefalonia. And um, presumably, you'd already seen a. Uh... What do you do when you go on holiday? I've forgotten, but you always go and see a... Psychic? A psychic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've done that. Done, been to see my psychic. Yep. All good, she said. Fine. <laughs> so, Hit the sea, yeah. get the donut. Yeah. Hit, um, <laughs> Hit the sausage drive. Yeah. So it was me and my two friends, Cow and Kim, and uh, we get in the donut, and the memory is... So this, I'm sort of in an all right mood when we get there, but we actually get in the donut. I am very giddy, and... As the boat pulls out slowly, you know, away from the shoreline, it's quite a lot of excitement in the donut. And then he... <laughs> feels like there should be like a Big Brother style voiceover. Yeah. There's quite a lot of excitement in the donut. And then he accelerates, and two things happen at once. Number one, my friend Kim pulls the funniest face I've ever seen. <laughs> she says the word no, <laughs> and then I go to laugh. Because I'm stunned at her because she's saying no to him. Yeah. And I go to laugh, but as he accelerates more and the laugh gets trapped <laughs> like a burp. Because I'm like, eh. <laughs> and then that makes me laugh so much because it's never happened. <laughs> so there's a so I'm so overstimulated. I'm being dragged through the ocean and I keep thinking of Kim's face and I still haven't got this laugh out. <laughs> um so I have this lovely time and that's the end of the donut story for then. Then, this is a nice sort of callback, actually. <laughs> For the last 10 years, I go on any retreat, any meditation retreat, therapy even, in more serious situations. And I'll be saying, you know, kind of if I'm anxious or whatever, and you do meditation, they go, I want you to think about a time <laughs> when you, there was joy when you feel joyful, when you're happy. And since that day, no matter what's gone in my life, 
the donut is the main thing that comes into my head. So wherever I am, but it's become a thing where I'll meditate or in therapeutical situations, they'll say, I want you to think of a time where you felt really at peace. I'm like, no, <laughs> because I'm trying to get other memories. Because yeah. I think there must be more. Like people were... <laughs> Because then I have to explain the donut story. Yeah. And they go, oh. <laughs> and I go, that's my number one. Yeah. You, you're asking me the truth. I can give you a list of other more emotional stories yeah. and the ones that should mean more career ones, family ones, love life ones. But if you want one that comes up on instinct. Red hot. Red hot. Mm. And I try. I'm like, please, no, 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 no. And it's like, it's the donut. <laughs> it's like I keep going back to ask for a rescore. It's like, I'm number one, it's still the donut. Yeah, yeah. You're not stopping that. It's like, yeah, you know, like Ant and Deck always win presenter of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure, like, do you know I mean? Like, Bradley Walsh must go, surely one day. And yet, no, it's always the donut. Yeah, always the donut. And then, and so it's been a sort of. And what was, was the face? It was the level of panic that she went into from naught, like she had, like she'd woken up in the donut. Like yeah. it was such a panicked face. It was just all of it together. It was really, but it didn't feel like it was going to be my defining thing. <laughs> but it's, but it, but it's so hard because it's a bit like, from a sort of sensory memory point of view, that's a real Heston Blumenthal. Yeah. Because you're being dragged out at speed, son, mates holiday yeah. and then and then and then your other friend doesn't even get a look in like that like you don't even remember she's, just she's yeah yeah she's just she's having a normal time because yeah. she hasn't swallowed a laugh or pulled some no. sort of mogwai face and then there's been an add-on to this yeah. which is not so it's sort of it might have i might have I might have wished too hard for it not to be my top memory yeah so recently about four weeks ago i went to cyprus and I was with my friend Cows, not my other friend. But I was like, "Would well, you go to get the donuts?" <laughs> and she knows the story. And I was, like, I was a bit like, oh, "It feels a bit weird, actually, because I haven't been on a donut since that time." So we get down. They don't have a donut, but they've got like essentially what's like an armchair, an inflatable armchair. Yeah. Now it's important. I don't know if with my bum not being wet uh, <laughs> changed the dynamic of it because this is very much like you're dry immediately. You're not in the sea, you yes. know, like. Yeah. But as we're about to go on. I just feel really anxious and like I'm tying the jacket, the life jacket. And I was like, it's too tight, it's too tight. Like, and, you know, and I was like, am I anxious? Like, you know, because I really love being in the sea and I love water stuff. And and um, we get in the sea and I, I was like, this is either going to go two ways. Is this giddy, like last, or am I going to have a panic attack? Like, I feel, mm. and then he starts, you know, dragging it out. And I was like, oh, it's going that way, is it? I'm not having a nice time. My friend is like, woo. <laughs> and then when he accelerates, the worst sensation. So I'm just like, oh, I'm having this anxiety attack. But the thing I get confused is, I got confused with is, you know, if you can't physically panic if you're singing. So if you sing, you can't have a panic attack. So it's just, really? yeah, it's like, a lot, you know, so a lot of films you see people like, la, 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 one, two, three, if they're trying to be like, yeah. you know. I got confused and I started, I thought if you laugh, you don't, um, right. you don't have a panic attack. Because I thought I was going to have a panic attack and go into the ocean and drowned. Mm. And we're so far out at this point, and I'm not in the ocean. It feels like I'm going to fall into the ocean rather than being part of it. Yeah. And so my friend's like, "Woo!" And I'm going like this. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Just doing this fake laugh yeah. for like 15 minutes. And then after a while, she was like, "This is horrible. This is like, what are you doing?" And she's like, "You're not laughing, are you?" I was like, "No, no, no, not laughing. Take us back." And so it's changed. So I want to put my first one into the wonder box because I feel like I sullied it with going on it. Do you know what I mean? Going on the inflatable the second time. And presumably having a panic attack on a 
sort of an inflatable dinghy is a I mean, that's a bad time. And for no reason. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I was like... Because nobody what? nobody would know because you're no. like going, ah! Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's the one. Help, help, help. <laughs> Literally, I was desperately trying to... I thought that would keep my breathing. It keeps your... You know, got something where it's... And I Googled it after and there is, there is some truth to laughing the way the air goes in or whatever, but mm. not the way I was doing. <laughs> like a killer. Would you say you're kind of looking for... You're constantly on the look for things things that will lead you to ultimate happiness because like that's why I think about you I think you're you're often trying lots of things to try and get there is that fair to say yeah I don't think it's happened I think it's more acceptance of there's no there there it's a great you know it's a saying there's no there there yeah. I've not heard that was it mean yeah it's just meaning that this sort of thing you put in front of you that says when I get there oh, right. yeah. I'll that, be better Alan, I'll be okay yeah, I'll forget, be forgetting that you're there yeah and that there is there's only now and you know that, that everything you put off and kind of you know that you'll go I'll be happy once this happens if I get this in my career if this happens yeah. you know then then my mood will and that's they're just it's not true I think you can get moments of and I think we sometimes label how we're going to feel and then it causes a lot of misery when you think this thing will make me feel validated and okay yeah. and if these people think I'm amazing mm. and if this journalist says I'm great and then the feeling lasts for 10 seconds and then you think why didn't they say I was <laughs> yeah. or like why didn't that person you know the audience you do stand up and then mm. you have a great gig and everyone tells you you're amazing Rush you're amazing and then you go that person in the corner was you know your brain can tune into what's wrong to, very few people can really separate themselves from what other people think about them I think it's you know mm. we all like to think we do but you know we all judge ourselves on where we are da, 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 totally, and, yeah. and it's hard and I think that's that's sort of a, a hostage situation. It's a very, uh, whereas if you go have that relationship with yourself where you think even separate to all the, mm. you know, pr cash and prizes of being alive, that's what I, I want to have some, so that I can enjoy creativity. Have you read Rick Rubin's book? I have, yes. That sort of, but just being creativity for being creative rather than yeah. sometimes being like, what what's the angle on this? What are we going to make? And, you know, and that's great as well. All things have their, you know, but also just making sure that I feel like sometimes I'm like, I've been creating, like using your creativity, even if it's unseen. Yeah. Have you ever thought about writing a book? I've thought about Russ and then I remembered I don't finish sentences. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the title of the book. Good luck, good luck understanding this. But is that, I, th I, do I think you've inadvertently happened upon you. Yeah. That is the name of your tour slash book, <laughs> Roisin Conaty, I Don't Always Finish Sentences. I mean, but it's, it's the, the story of my life. Yeah, but it really, it, it's, but that's because there's so much swimming around. In a, in a yeah. really, but that's genuinely what I love about you. It's like, it's like a Christopher Nolan film, isn't it? That you've just kind of go, right, I've got the end. And I'll, I'll get the beginning in 20 minutes. Do you, could you and think they'll be able to understand on the podcast? Do you think they'll be able to understand Of course they'll understand, understand. yeah, yeah. Because I have to be aware sometimes I don't finish sentences and I, but I think my face does a lot of that. And then yeah. you go, they're listening. They don't I know that you've gone... <laughs> I love, but I, I love that not to generalise, but a lot of the women I know, like Ra Ra Ra, does a lot. Do you like? Do you know I mean, all the women I know go. She would come in and say Ra Ra Ra. So, but <laughs> you've just got to fill it in, and then so yeah, true. Sarah rocked up and Ra 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 Ra. But if you kind of go, hang on a minute, it, it would appear all the information's in the Ra Ra Ra. That's so funny. That's but I so love true. It. But it's so like my wife does it all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. So such and such at work, and then Ra Ra Ra. 
I don't know what rah 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 means. Good rah rah rah, bad rah rah rah. I don't know. Do, do do men have a rah rah rah? I don't know. Like none of my male mates would go rah 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 because, we, like, we just fucking love the sound of our own voice. So it's no, like, I I'm going to tell it. Some men don't give you any details, and they, you can't help them. <laughs> <laughs> they tell you a story, and you go, you know, and then you have to be like a detective, and it feels like you're bullying them. But you have to right. be like, because they're not used to talking in detail. Yeah. And you, they're like, "What do you mean?" I go, "When you asked her, <laughs> you did ask her." They're like, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Okay, I can't. You've not taken any. Like, yeah. I, you have to go over it and be like, you know, when you asked her, did she say it like this? Uh, yeah. Or was it that? Yeah." <laughs> And they're like, well, is there a difference? I'm like, there's a massive difference mm. in that. The first one is a no, and she's buying time. And the second one is she's delighted to go out, you know. And I feel like some men don't have, and this is a gross generalisation, don't everyone come after me. I love men. <laughs> love men. Um, yeah, fine. But, um, a few actually <laughs> went past the window. We had to <laughs> we had to cut them out from the podcast. So she, put, she put her snout right up against the window. <laughs> oh, my snout. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like sometimes they, gross generalisation, but like they don't, women speak in a lot of specifics mm. and detail. And and then every so often, yeah. there is a rah, rah, rah. Oh yeah, and then we'll totally, that normally means like... That's incidental to the story, that happened. It's, it's a, if they were a director, they're, they're, they're saying, I need you to give, I need you to understand background, who's in the room, who's there, mm -hmm. so you know, so you have mood. Mm -hmm. We give mood and atmos, yes. blah, 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 anyway. And then, yeah. and it's like, so you know, <laughs> the scene yeah you know I, yeah i love it but it's it's so detailed yeah it's like it all it almost feels like like men are knocking out shorts and w <laughs> women are doing like proper scorsese yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean that's how our stories have to be we yeah. have to be and sometimes we've had male friends mainly people who aren't comics um who don't sort of talk in lots of detail. And I'll be like, what do they say? And how are they? And you have to be like, this is a lot of work. Like, if I don't ask you, is anyone dead? You won't tell me. <laughs> I have to, they go, you didn't ask. You know, that sort of, whereas mm. I think women are very, on the whole, we like the specificities of stories. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, isn't it? When you sort of like, if you're, if you spent so much time in the work, like I've done, flipping out, I did like 200 and, I think 250 actual gigs, like proper oh my God. shows last year. So I'm so in like, you know, yeah. it's go time. So when at the minute, having not gigged for like two weeks for the first time since February, I'm clearly craving uh, audiences. So... My wife's. You make it sound like a vampire. Mate, I am honestly. <laughs> like scurrying around. But my wife, uh, mate, came around with their two, the two daughters, and they're like seven and four. And I was like, right, here we go, <laughs> like that. And like, anyways, I was with my nephew, right? And I, so he's nine, uh, no, he's seven. And uh, a, a portaloo drove past yeah. as we were walking along, yeah, holding hands. A portaloo. A portaloo on the back of a truck. Yeah. And it said uh, TARDIS on this portaloo, just a single portaloo being driven by a truck. And I said, that should say TARDIS. That's good. And this, yeah, exactly. And this nine year old was like, there's the first slug. Yeah. And then I hit him with, and do you know who would visit that? Dr. Pooh. And the kid nearly fell in the road. Yeah. <laughs> because I let go of his hand. <laughs> because I was in this sort of like, like celebratory That's mood. So... And then my wife had to grab the child's hand. <laughs> Because I nearly killed him through life. Because you were like celebrating. Yeah. But it was that odd thing of like, it's so weird, isn't it? Where when you talk about creativity for creativity's sake, mm. that 
when you kind of go, I can make that bird table. So in this moment, uh, Portaloo came by and it said TARDIS. And I was like, right, I got two bullets. Yeah. And I can shoot both of this in this nine-year-old's head. <laughs> bang, bang. And I don't know. It's, it's gorgeous. What's, what's next? Next is, it's a bit less sp- specific, but the sentiment's the same. Open fires. Okay. I've been obsessed with them since I was a child. Yeah. So I grew up in a council estate in London, in Camden. Yeah. But every summer holiday, every Christmas, every half term, we'd go to Ireland, like rural Ireland. Yeah. And in the 80s, you know, super rural. And all my family had open fires. And just the smell of it gave me a feeling of such comfort immediately. I don't know, just a feeling of like peace. And it felt like I loved, I loved the smell of open fires. And then as I've got older, I... <laughs> so. I associate them with the same feeling of like, um, I guess like safety and comfort because like the estate could be a bit rowdy in the summer and stuff like that. And then we'd go to this sort of like village, country, you know, it's the thing I'm obsessed with. I feel like they calm me down. Like I can Mm. stare at a fire like a psychopath for like six hours and just keep putting logs on it. And do you, uh, yeah, can you start fires in your house? Can I? Yeah. (laughs) You can. So you've got an open fire. Oh, no, no, I don't. I don't. don't, don't, No, no. Can I? No. <laughs> no. I think, mean, can I, do I know how to build a fire? And the answer to that is yes. Yeah, clearly. But not in my house, no. So when was the last fire that you had, you can remember? Um, probably in, oh, in the summer in Whitstable. Oh, nice. Like late uh, October, we had that lovely weather, but in the evenings it was cold. Perfect. So what's your ideal fire? Describe I like how you like it, the heat, how you make it, and your ideal guests around the fire. I think it's the whole. I really like winter. This is it's, it's all a sort of spin off from that. I like winter, and I like Halloween to January is my favourite time of year. I feel like my brain works better. Like I'm not summer. I find too charged. It just doesn't sit well with me. So open fires feel like a calming and it, like associated with reading, with working, like. I feel like I can concentrate when there's an open fire. It feels like very meditate better with an open fire. I feel really Really? Yeah. You're not thinking, fuck now there's a fire over there. No, I feel like you can, I can stare at a hand. flame and feel like it's like a part of the earth. I love it so I love open fires so much. Uh, I love a big blazing open fire. Okay, so would your dream house have you know when you sometimes stay at like a flash cottage or whatever and they've got those kind of seats that are like little tree trunks that are around. Yeah. And you've got like a pebble pebbles around the main fire area. The pebbles make as long as it's a real fire, not one of those ones no, no, with no, remote no. control. No, it's not right. I'm on yeah. about like, yeah, you kind of you yeah. make it. Anything that the more grand and sort of gothicy and um wintry, cozy is a sort of that's the thing. I really make so some... full Scandinavian. Higer, something like that. They're geniuses, aren't they? Higer, higer, but they've yeah. also got a thing called Kana Sanakori, which I think is the Finnish thing that means uh, pants drunk, where you Ooh. kind of sit. But it's like they've just invented all these work. Well, they haven't invented, but it feels to me like they've just conjured words that are all like like uh, fika is a thing in, in Sweden, which is where you have a cake. So, but it's like this kind of word that only exists in Scandinavia and you hear about it and we're all like oh we'll have some of that yeah but, we, but we've got elevenses but you're not going to sell a book called elevenses <laughs> it's like I remember you told me that word in G- the German 
isn't it when you eat too much bacon because you're <laughs> yeah you told me you you eat too much bacon because you've grief bacon it trapped what's the word um Kormaschbeck. yeah i wanted to call my i wanted to call game face grief bacon and they wouldn't let me oh really yeah which is such a better name i love it cuz it's more distinct yeah, but it also links to something. Yeah, and they were like, oh, people think it's a cooking show. I was like, well, people don't watch those. <laughs> people are going to think it's a cooking I was, show. I was like, let them turn it on. Yeah, so. but, but also, what maniac cooking? I mean, how niche would it have to be? Hello, what a grief bacon. Yeah. Like that every week. You're making, like, fucking meals from a heartbreak. Exactly. So tell me what how this shepherd's fire come about. Well, <laughs> my mum died, and this was all that was left. Like, yeah. It's, um, to be honest, it actually sounds like a pretty good idea, right? Eh? Yeah. When I was in uh, talking of cozy, uh, uh, you kidnap a celebrity chef <laughs> and you make them cook you a meal as you torture someone they love. <gasps> That's too much. Yeah, I'm just saying. This is not a good pitch. Grief bacon. Lost, he's lost the run of himself. <laughs> <laughs> but but the idea, like, but it's all CGI. But they, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But they don't know. So Mary Berry's one of her grandchildren. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of. I think just a, in in a more genuine business mind, yeah. a book of heartbreak meals yeah, is not <laughs> okay. Just 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 do that. Or anyway. just taking people on the road who are hot and just being like, "Where do you want to go to eat?" Yeah, you say like... <laughs> you say potato, I say kidnap, like, and then we kill them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do it. We, we, we do it on the day. Yeah, yeah. You're like, when do we when do we kill them? We talk. We talk the last yeah. step. We do it. We'll we kill them. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah, presumably that will happen at some stage because all these sort of uh, sort of media moguls that currently own all the TV shows and all the networks and whatnot, one of their children stands to reason it's going to be Matt and and he or she is going to want a network solely based around stuff like that. So I'll just, Killing. Yeah, I'll buy my time. They made real Squid Game. Yeah, but they had to tell everyone that they people weren't actually being killed. That's why I turned off. <laughs> this squid Game fascinates me because can you imagine the river of shit you get into if I just absentmindedly on like Graham Norton on a Friday got, do you know what I'd love to see, Graham? A load of really impoverished Koreans yeah. um, in real financial <laughs> trouble. I want to see them playing Scrabble in the same uniform. And if they if they lose, I want them shot. People be like, Is that what's happening? That's what happens in Squid Game. Oh, have you seen... never seen it? No. It's absolute madness. They, they play Scrabble. If they lose, they get shot in their face. Well, it sounds like mine at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. You may be snot. Um, I was in France once in uh, in the Dordogne, and it was late summer, so it was early autumn. So the days were really warm, but it was this old house, and uh, and I we rented this house, and the the guy came and his French sort of farmer, and I just went in the evenings. I want the fire on, you know, and he was like, "Oh, are you cold?" And I was like, "No, no, no, just in the evenings, you know, just." To, and he was like, "So he went around and started turning all the radiators, and it was like hot, you know." So. I... <laughs> It's really hard to explain the word cosy to someone, like just miming it. So I was like, no, 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 in the evening, just to cosy. Oh my God, <laughs> Rubbing Jesus my arm. Christ, yeah. And he's like, what? And I was like, just a uh, cosy. <laughs> and he's like, are you hot? And he's like, I was like, no, no, nighttime. Oh, and I'm going, to the moon, going like this to the moon. Moon? Mm, cosy. <laughs> he was truly freaked out. Like he was like, I don't know. And then he just was like, came over to me and the Showed me where the radio is. Where I was like, I'm, I'm out. I <laughs> yeah, don't know yeah, what. Yeah. But it was like uh, you can't f- like to translate cozy. I, I didn't know the French word. I was googling it. I couldn't find a French word, and I was like, oh, I've just got to act out cozy. It's a hard feeling to act. Why don't you do stand up, <laughs> mate? Honestly, I. 
Do we not have this conversation every we do. time? I'm right, I've written an hour. Good. Oh, Rush, you're always so supportive and I'm very appreciative of it. Ah, One of my things fucking... I was going to do, but I thought, would you hit your leg? Nah, just sometimes you sort of accidentally sit on one of your nuts <laughs> and I just kind of caught it. Oh, no. Yeah, I, you know, I presume there's, you know, this similar kind of... Yeah, I banged my boob on a door and yeah. that was, it was just, they, the two should never meet. It yeah. was absolutely insane yeah. and it was such a weird combination of things to happen. I was like, when it happened, I went, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I heard a bang yeah, exactly. and then like it took a second before I went, oh God, no. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a French farmer going, you, uh, you re uh, construction? Uh, I don't know. Why did you do that? Were you just... I was, uh, I think I was going through lockdown stage where I was walking around topless quite a lot and just carelessly sort of <laughs> spun round and then like just I was like oh what was that and then oh, I spun me. they spun it was a whack fuck, it was funny. I was like and it, but is that is it funny that must be fun it was funny immediately I got really weirded out because there's things that shouldn't meet you just yeah, go doors and boobs like not like that well it's like your, your tits <laughs> getting a backhander yeah it was it? a real and it was just like I was like what no no not my boob and I was like will it, will it bruise I was yeah. like I don't know how yeah. this is going to play out it was a real yeah you know and I can't even tell you it was I was just it was remember that like it was roasting I'd lost the run of myself my flatmate was like please put a top on <laughs> I love that story um, What's um what's next? We've done three. We need there's oh, two yes. more. There's two oh, more. Oh, two more. What was the other one? Oh yeah, okay. A photo. We've oh, got it there. I've got the photo. Hold on. So this is the Cut photo. I think yeah. I might have shown you it before. That's me with the dark oh, hair. Is that you with the dark hair? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that is uh, a you mullet. With, with Dolph Lundgren when he was a magician. <laughs> That's my little cousin Sabrina. <laughs> That's the one who... Your little cousin. She's about eight foot. <laughs> she's not. I'm stood on steps. She's on steps. We're tiny. Oh, I see. Um, we're in a church. So... So what are you putting in? It's a photo of you? It's a photo and it's a reminder of, I think, for my wonder box, of moments where pure will has got me what I wanted. Okay, I like that. And I really like that because you can forget that, that if you're determined, you can get what you want. And I've had it even from a child. And I, that photo sums it up for me because I wanted Pat Sharp's haircut. Right. <laughs> and, of course, that wasn't allowed. My mum wouldn't... I thought he had the best hair I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And we moved to Ireland when my mum and dad split up. And my mum said, no, don't be ridiculous. Of course you can't have that hair. And so I got my pocket money and I went down to a barber's, not even a hairdresser's, a barber's. And I told them I wanted to have Pat Sharp's and I had to go into buy a newspaper to show them Pat Sharp's haircut. Whereabouts in Ireland? Trilly, Kerry. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and with my pocket money, I think I saved up for like two weeks. So there was a planning involved, a mm. discipline of it. Yeah. I, I missed out on chomps. I missed out on <laughs> stuff that I would have got in <laughs> after school. <laughs> And a, that got me the haircut and a tub of blue gel for my spikes. Of course. <laughs> and that was like, we're talking like 80s gel. Oh, yeah. That was like, I mean, Heart. highly flammable. Highly well. flammable. And I came home and then my mum saw my hair. Was like, don't light a cigarette near her. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad accent. Right. And then she laughed for so much. <laughs> she laughed for so long that I cried. Oh. I'd never seen, but actually, my mum was going through depression because she'd gone through a divorce. And you so got her out. I, she, I, I thought she'd lost her mind. 
because she just couldn't stop you, laughing. You thought she'd lost her mind. <laughs> but I'd never like, seen her laugh like that. Oh, like, I'd never nice. seen her. She kept trying to stop and then would just go again. Yeah. And then I thought, I mean, this is feels dangerous. This level of laughter feels... <laughs> Like, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. And then I start crying and then she has to soothe me. But it was it, it was a moment where I feel I always look back on as a kind of... There's, there's another one that goes with it of like wanting the thing that I wanted mm. and getting the thing that I wanted. And I love that determination of having a pat sharp haircut. I was not even eight years old, seven years old in a foreign... Not foreign country, but away from London where I grew up. Uh and getting it, getting a barber to give me it. What did I say? Well, I love the fact you watched Funhouse, where I had, it was like Melanie and Martina. Oh, my God. The two God. sort of blonde twins. Yeah. I mean, and rather than go for their haircut, you were like, <laughs> I'm going to go for Sharp. Pat Sharp. The bloke that calls the owl. Us, I mean, and I was at um, a funeral recently of a dear friend of mine, and a guy I went to primary school with, this guy called Sam, and he, he won't mind this, and I really fancied him in primary school. Yeah. And uh, I was very industrious. Yeah. And um, and I thought Sam's not into me. So I told him I could get some fun house. And basically, sort of for like eight or nine weeks, it was sort of like luring him yeah. with the. <laughs> Which is an amazing thing. <laughs> Until the point where the pressure got too much. He was like, when are we going on fun house? I was yeah, like, yeah. soon, Sam, let it be. But it's like, you know, the anarchist cookbook. It's like you'd stolen the playbook of a paedophile. <laughs> To, but to lure in an eight-year-old. Yeah, like, I was eight as well. I no, was no, eight exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. in 1988, yeah. if 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 an adult had gone up to me and gone, listen, get in the van. I'm not getting in your van, you no. maniac. Do you want to go in fun house? Uh, you got any cushions? <laughs> it <laughs> like, was literally, yeah. it was. The currency. Uh, catnip. It was so... Yeah. And then it just became, I remember going like, I'm in too deep. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's not letting it go. He's not, he's definitely not. I thought, uh, you know. The, the... So hang on. So so you thought, I can't. <laughs> so did you think, well, what I'll do is I'll get him a haircut like that Pat Sharp. And then you go, listen, we can't go on it, but I can bring fun house to us. <laughs> That's exactly. Um yeah, but it was my fun. I was obsessed with Fun House, and then Sam was, and then I saw him recently, and then it was really sweet because I was like, "Do you remember when he went Fun House?" Yeah, and I was like, "Oh God, he does remember me promising him to go in Fun House." And what, what was your feeling when they were cutting? Were you aware of it, the, the the men in Ireland who were cutting your hair? If it was a barber shop, yeah, were you aware of them laughing as it happened? No, were, I. Were, it just, but it can't have been normal. It definitely wasn't normal, but it didn't feel like it was. I remember feeling. Like, I am the master of my domain. Yeah, yeah. I am getting this thing. I am, it's happening. Like, as it, sh the world is as it should be. Yeah. I've wanted this and I've fought off all my battles. Yeah. And look at me here today. Like, when it, I remember them sort of coming over the season. I think it's happening. Yeah. Like, you know, it's about to, I'm about to get what I want. So um, that walk home must have been electric. Oh, it was. I just, just everything. I just bounced the top just, of my spikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bounce the spikes. You see yourself in the mirror. Yeah, you're uh, such a great observation because I remember doing that. Like our cousin Stu and Lee had spiky hair. Yeah. And there's a photo of all of us where we've obviously around there. So we've all spiked a haircut. And there's a photo, and you can just see me at the back. And it's just that. It's the bounce, isn't it? So you, you feel like, oh my, oh my God, it's Is so... it still there? Yeah. It's still there. <laughs> have they gone down? Yep. Yeah, they have. You're that, but it's so... And then my mum wouldn't let me gel it a lot. And so I was like, she's ruining it. Yeah, <laughs> she's exactly. She's not letting me have my full... She's not letting it be in its full splendour. But have you ever seen... I often thought about that when I was young. Like, you know when you see like a proper punk with that mohawk and it's just like 
stiff and glue and bump and it's dinosaur. And it, there must be that moment when they wake up and it's all... <laughs> oh, God, It must yeah. be awful. Do you know what I mean? This heartbreaking and they've, <laughs> oh got, they've gone to bed with a girl that really fancies a punk and then she wakes up and he's like this floppy, floppy. stegosaurus. Yeah. And he's like, straight away, get the egg whites. <laughs> Do yeah. egg whites spike? Oh, do they do they spike your hair? I think so. I, I remember reading something like if you want to get it rock solid, if you get like eggs on. Of course, because that's what you get that thing in there, peak. Yeah, that. oh, that's really good. Yeah, when I want to go again with the yeah. old <laughs> Pat Sharp. And then I that, I tweeted that a few years ago, and Pat Sharp responded. He's a lovely bloke. Yeah, it's really. What did he say? Just like delighted, you know, something really sweet, you know, very uh, kind, and you know, just a kind of sweet. I was like, oh my god, it was a big deal. Um, and also, I don't think Funhouse was on in Ireland. Right. So it was kind of like I think that's why when I went into the barber shop, I think I had a photo. I think they were like, "Oh, she means you know probably like Suella." You know, there was because it was kind of women had that haircut, but I don't think they yeah. realised I meant Pat Sharp. Like yeah. it's not just she must random be Blanche from the Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Golden Girls. That's one we should have talked about earlier. Estelle as well. Getty. Oh my God! So top draw. Good. Top draw. Um, I'm trying to. They're think. all only fifty in it. It's crazy. Really. The opening episode. They're like in their fifties. It's so crazy what haircuts can do. Isn't that interesting? Isn't really? it? But it's like there was that, that big thing the other day about like a lot of people were like Gen Zs were watching Bridget Jones's diary yeah. for the first time and they're like, how is she overweight? I know. Like, do you know what I mean? It's really fascinating when you kind of go and like there are all these, there's all these jokes totally. about her and it's like clearly she's not. But... So much of that when we were growing up though, like sort of like, aren't they huge? And you're like, no, like Britney Spears when she did like the VMAs once are like, and everyone's just going, she's an absolute state. <laughs> no one's hiding it. Yeah. And she's just not skinny, like skinny. She's yeah, yeah. still got like an incredible model's figure and they're just yeah. like, oh, she's so fat. <laughs> it's so awful. And these are the people like front of, you know, the hosting TV shows, not like the little bitchy online trolls. Yeah, the thing that fascinated me when you watch that Amy Winehouse documentary is it was a real moment because there's a clip of it where Frankie does a joke about her and Frankie's joke is, you know, excellent. But it was a real moment where you go, oh my God, there is, I remember doing those kind yeah. of jokes. It was a real like moment. You know, when you kind of have that. A person on the end. Just because yeah. it works yeah. isn't always enough. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of a weird. I try to work things I like. Mm, yeah. Um, rather than things I don't because I feel like. What do you otherwise... love while we're here? What do you love? Oh, I love so many things. My fifth thing, I'll tell you that in a second, but I love, I love reading. I love coffee. I love lots of small things and I love. Uh, I love the theatre, which yeah. makes me sound, but I love the theatre so much. Yeah. I love going on my own. I do like kind of the arts, which sounds so boring. I don't know about you, but I like the arts. But I, not just the being there, the the sort of ritual. I like going, I like getting my ticket. I like finding my seat. I like I like being in, audi- in the audience and stuff, mm. you know. I like, I like seeing people's work and seeing people's, I, I really love a win. Yes, I love it when it when it comes together when a show's great or a film ends or a series doesn't you know drop the ball at the end. I love a win. Alex Edelman said a very interesting thing to me. He he once said that he liked things that were ambitious and finished. Oh, that's great. And I thought that was a really you know when you kind of go. God, I've, I've often thought of that and you go yeah. ambitious and finished. That's lovely. And it kind of like I think that's what we're all trying to do. And sometimes you just you know sometimes you do a thing and you go, oh, that's all right. And yeah. then there's other times where you're like, right, I really want to do a thing on a thing. Yeah. Like, interestingly, you wrote a 
And Dan did a whole hour on art, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago. That we were in the middle of the TV show. Yeah. And Dan doesn't do stand-up anymore. Do you not, Dan? No. You're a great stand-up. No, a mug's game. And then, <laughs> but then, he, unbeknownst to us, he'd written this whole hour for one performance only. And that's like the Rick Rubin thing. Yeah, it was really interesting, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was more of a strip tease, if I'm honest. That's right, you got naked. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Have I forgotten that? That was the crucial bit. <laughs> Dan's devastated you've forgotten that. He's like, I was naked, Russ. Did it mean anything? <laughs> Yeah, why did you get naked? What was that? It was to... high and low, right? So I'm doing an art lecture and then you get, you get your dick out of the end for, you know, for something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very funny. Oh, I'd like to have seen that. Not in a per... That sounds more pervy. <laughs> Sorry, Joy, that sounds much more like... I would like to have seen that, actually. <laughs> what is the final thing? The final thing is a curry from Tiffin Tin. Oh, now it's interesting because you said, and I'm quoting you directly, get down Tiffin Tin, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why it would go in Wonderbox is it's an amazing curry. That's incredible. Very light. Very light, very clean, very mm -hmm. distinct flavours. But at the time I first had it was about 10 years ago, I'd say. And I'd had all the curries. I love curry. <laughs> There's nothing curry could do to elevate itself in my mind. Curry was already a 10. So when you find something that's already a 10 and then you get something and then it goes above it, it was like a, such a game changer because it became bigger for me because I was like, even the thing that you think has reached perfection, mm. there is out there potentially something more for anything. Curry's just what I'm talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> and But it was a lesson in that there's always, you haven't seen everything, you haven't had everything. Yeah. There's always another experience. And there's this great book, The Art of Being Lost, and there's a quote in it that I really love, where she says, Ah! But <laughs> 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 that must be... <laughs> I was like, oh, no, how many times are you going to sit in your nuts? I'm just saying... <laughs> <laughs> But that Rub them away. Sorry, rest this. I was just imagining it. Just, That's really it was funny. lots of it, like lots of quote shit. Where are we? Where's my Mac? Yeah. Saying, Fucking sat now. There's a lot of that. No, but there's a great. Is that quote. a bear? <laughs> Sorry. There's a great quote. Uh, it's be lost, and it says, um, "Wait, how will you find the thing, the nature of which is completely unknown to you?" And it really like that really resonated with me in in terms of like as especially as you get older it's hard to have a truly new experience yeah something that is not a variant of a feeling you've already had before right that for me is sort of not only staying young but staying alive like um it's having a new experience a new feeling like stretching that sort of language feeling language that we have mm. and experience language mm. but it's really difficult because it's you know everyone you meet that you feel like you put them in a box immediately go they're sort of like this but they're like that you, you know you just shorthand everything because mm. you need to to you haven't got time to sort of truly you know when you're young like you were saying like when you fact like all those feelings all those nerve endings everything's so new yeah. that you're able to really go oh my god it's so lemony and it's so yeah. <laughs> everything is and then as you get older, everything you sort of cauterize a bit. And you think, oh, that's that, that's curry, that's this, that's that. Yeah. And so the, the Tiffin tin for me is 
like I said, it was a moment. I was in my thirties. I thought I'd hit peak with curry. Yeah. <laughs> but to Vince, it was this one of like there is a better curry. It was a biblical moment when I had. I was like, how is this? How can this exist? Mm. I've already had the best curry ever. Yeah, I remember going to watch a stand-up gig in uh, Mumbai. Ooh, it was a similar thing. But and they were doing some of it was in English, and then some of it would be in in Hindi. It was. It was incredible. That's, it was, yeah. And, but it was really exciting to sort of see. You know, that, so dig deeper is what you're saying. Yeah, just I think I just really loved it. If I, the reason I put it in the Wonder Box is that I sometimes... I is it that Bob Dylan quote, every artist has to be in a permanent state of becoming? That's a great quote. And maybe it's that, isn't it, that you kind of, that you, you learnt that through curry. That's what I think it was. The curry was an important thing, which was there's more. Mm. you've got to experience things you've like in a new you've got to let things be new and people be new rather than they are like this person this is a you know like mm. it's handy sometimes for comedy or for writing a character to sort of get there you know a bit like a bit like a bit like but in life i think it, you i can miss stuff because mm. i feel like well i've i've experienced it all and you go you haven't otherwise why would you need the next 40 years, God willing, you know? And I think it stops you ageing if you're able to experience new. Yes. And that art is a becoming thing. To to live in it, be more comfortable in a space of... But in the the curry one is the best result of it in that something that you really love, that you think you've peaked, that, that you know, you go, it can't get any better. There's, there, there could be a better version. Mm. It could get better. Well, I want to know <laughs> what was the curry? A lasuni, a chicken lasuni, 3F. What? That's the number on the menu. Well, I didn't need that. <laughs> um, chicken lasuni. Yeah. What's what kind of spices? It's just so what, good. But if you compare it to a, you know, it's we, not like anything. Maybe like a gel freezy a little okay, bit. Okay, so it's quite hot. They, it's quite hot. It's quite hot. Yeah, definitely, definitely got spice. But it's a sweetness. It's so dense and it's very clean. And we having that with uh, a coconut rice, boiled rice, boiled rice, boiled rice, poppadoms. Listen, they give them to me. I tell them don't put them in the bag. I have to eat them because I can't waste food. <laughs> but I always say, don't put them in the bag because I'll eat them. They go, okay. And I think, did you get that? There's a miscommunication. Well, I get them in the bag. Occasionally I'll get two curries and then half a rice. Okay. <laughs> I And I'm with you on the double curry. Yeah. Yeah, I would always, if I was ordering one, I'd have a lamb sag and a chicken madras and I'd Ooh. mix the two together. Where'd you get your curry from? Um, recently, because we've moved, we got it from a place called, uh, it's called the Spice Merchant. Oh. And I like it already because... Yeah. Because we we don't really have delivery where we've moved, so it's quite nice to go out and get it. Yeah. So I went to the shop and um, I you know I needed to go, I needed to pee, and I said, "Oh, where's the toilet?" And the bloke went, "He goes, we don't have one. You have to do a movement before you come," and it fucking got me. It really <laughs> made me laugh. And then he went, "No, it's through there." But I loved it. That's Because really... anyone that describes having a shit as a movement is. That's really A friend funny. forever. But that sounds also <laughs> but like... Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I need a movement. I love it. Listen, um, that was amazing, as ever. Oh, it was really lovely. I hope, I hope you I enjoyed it. Too, I really enjoyed it. I hope I wasn't too waffly. Finished enough sentences, didn't I? It's great. Ladies you know and gentlemen... I mean? Oh, we're still on the air. We're just finishing that. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely wonderful Roshan Comedy. Thank you very much. <laughs> So that was Roisin Connerty. You can watch her on 4OD, Game Face, and, you know, she's on everything all the time. You know, that makes it sound like you're everywhere, but you are, your ace. Thanks for listening. Back next week for more Wonderbox. Bye-bye.